when you learn from it, improve. When you improve, you grow. But you can't grow if you're not improving. You're not improving if you're not learning. And you're not learning if you're not failing at something. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you'll get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Fi Show. Before we dig into today's guest, let me check in with my co-host, Justin. What is going on, man? Well, this weekend, I got to put my new toy through the paces, which is my Uni Pizza Oven. It's a cool little oven that runs on propane, gets up to like 930 degrees. So if you remember our episode with Brent from Farm Fired Pizzas, you know, I've been working with him to get my dough recipe in line and been slinging some pretty good pizzas off the patio. We also had some friends move down from Denver back home to Austin where they grew up. And so we got to see them. I got to see some family, went out, uh, had some good fried catfish and hit up a brewery. So, you know, just really destroying the calories this weekend. How about <laughs> you, Cody? Yeah, I definitely did a little calorie destruction myself. I'm curious, though, because Brent had mentioned I've never cooked a pizza like that way before i've just kind of thrown it in the microwave or the oven <laughs> depending on how lazy i am did you burn it how are the first couple ones that you made in your new oven no i didn't burn it it's crazy though the difference it makes cooking a pizza at above 700 degrees like you know i'm cooking mine close to 800 the thing gets up to over 900 but the difference in cooking it there versus cooking it at like 400 degrees is just night and day because the heat it's so much heat that it's making the gases expand in the crust and it only takes about two minutes to cook around, you know, a little over 700 degrees. It can cook a pizza as fast as 60 seconds. So it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Definitely can't leave the pizza in the oven or in the wood fired oven <laughs> like you can with a regular pizza. You know, it's a few minutes over. It'll be fine. It's just a little bit crispy. That thing's going to be <laughs> blackened. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I actually had two birthday celebrations this weekend. So Lauren's birthday was on Friday. So we went out to Hibachi actually with some of her friends. That was super cool. I hadn't been in years. It was a lot of fun. They're, you know, squirting the sake, throwing the zucchinis at you and you try to catch it in your mouth. Had another buddy birthday, Tim, on Sunday. We just kind of hung out all day, ended up going bowling. I actually got my best bowling round ever, Justin, 190. Oh, like a stud. <laughs> I got a quadro Turk, or that's what I call four strikes in a row. <laughs> A flock. Um, and then uh, yesterday had Easter, ate a bunch of food, way too many calories, like you had mentioned. And now I'm back to the grind, trying to work them off, getting some extra running in the gym, <laughs> try to get into shape because summer is right around the corner. <laughs> but Justin, I think that's enough about our weekends. Let's take a quick moment for our partner. Keeping track of your net worth is one of the most important things you can do on your journey to financial independence. If you don't have an idea of what your net worth is, there's no way that you can keep your quote unquote score. One of our favorite tools to keep this score is called Personal Capital. If you haven't already started using it, it's an online software that basically compiles all of your data, it crunches all your assets, all your liabilities, and spits out a net worth number and allows you to track it day by day, month by month. Yeah, Cody, one of the big things that hold people back when they're doing activities like tracking their expenses or tracking their net worth is just they look at it as a big burden. And this allows you to go in with one username and one password and access as many financial accounts as you have. These can be loans, these can be 401ks, these can be HSAs, bank accounts, credit cards. They're all linked there. The other thing I really like about personal capital is it's very investing focused. So you can go in there and look at your allocation across your entire portfolio. So you don't just look at your allocation in one type of account, but your allocation as a person completely. 
And if you want to use the same tool that me and Cody use to track our net worth, which is completely free, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash PC. That's thefyshow.com slash PC. Yeah, Cody. So today we have Anthony O'Neill, who has a really cool story where he's talking about like having a lot of opportunity, actually, like going to college, having some scholarships, ended up having to leave college, like getting to a point where he's living in his car and just all those life lessons that you really can't you know, manufacture. And that makes his story really unique. And it makes the telling of his story really powerful. And it's why he's able to resonate and connect with so many like younger college age people, because they can respect his story. And a lot of people have been in those positions, maybe not as extreme, but they know they're dealing with a lot of debt. They're dealing with a lot of student debt. They're struggling with figuring out, you know, how do they pay for college and what does that do to them the rest of their life? So I thought this was a really interesting story. Yeah. And one thing I really liked about his story in particular, though, is how he just kind of started doing something that he liked. He said, hey, man, I like talking. I like spreading this information to the youth because like like you said, he got to a point where he was literally just at the rock bottom of his financial and I'm sure his emotional career as well. But he started just talking, giving talks, telling these high schoolers, these college kids about the financial lessons he had to learn the hard way. And, you know, boom, I think he said a year and three months later, the Dave Ramsey team finds him, brings him on, signs him on as a speaker. And they don't just do that for anyone. Like, it's a that's a tough gig to get to be a, a personality for some huge financial brand. So, you know, Anthony literally, like you said, he just went after that thing that he loved, even though he didn't know that the money was going to be there later on. He just wanted to try to make the biggest impact he could. And another thing that really struck me was just how forward he was with his giving. He said the first priority when he gets a paycheck or however he gets his income is giving. Like he just takes the giving off the top and then, you know, allocates the rest towards budgeting, investing, all that stuff. And it really made me rethink, like maybe that's something that I could incorporate. And I'm sure that a lot of our audience members could incorporate. I could talk about this episode all day, but that would not give you guys a chance to hear all this amazing information that Anthony is going to give us. And if you do enjoy this episode and want to check out any of the links, you want to connect with Anthony, his brand, his team, you get him to speak at one of your events. You can do all that and more at thefyshow.com slash Anthony. That's thefyshow.com slash Anthony. Man, let's go back to Cali. Cali, um, <laughs> you know, it was me just really being young, having four parents, right? And I had four loving parents, two biological parents and two step parents. And my biological mom and stepdad lives in California, right? And then my biological dad and stepmom live in North Carolina. So I grew up in a very strong Christian faith home. And so I didn't really get the practical wisdom and knowledge on how to really deal with finances. What's a checking account? What's a savings account? What's the difference in a credit card or a, a debit card? You know, how to budget? Nothing. I just got taught, hey, here's how you make it into heaven. And here's how you get home and the police pull you over. But nothing other than that. Okay. The only thing they said when it comes to my money, give 10% to the church. Boom. It's it. So when I graduate high school, I've never been out in a date, never kiss a young lady. I mean, I've never had a young life. And so when I get into college, I'm like, bump all this Christian stuff, bump all this, these laws. I'm trying to get the ladies. I'm trying to make some friends. I'm trying to play basketball. I'm trying to have some fame. And I did just that, man. I remember getting my first credit card within a matter of 18 hours of having it. I maxed it out. I put uh, $150 on roses, $150 on red lobsters, and $200 uh, on a purse within a matter of 18 hours of having that card. 
And then I make the minimum payment. And then within 30 days, they up the limit from $500 to $1,000. And I put $500 in the back of my black on black 1987 Nissan Maxima that couldn't <laughs> even go in reverse. Do you hear me? <laughs> I, put, I put speakers in a car that the transmission was blown and it couldn't go in reverse. So my speakers was worth more than my actual car. And so made some poor decisions in, in college and unfortunately had to drop out. Uh, took out about $15,000 in student loans, took out $10,000 in furniture bill, and took out another $10,000 in credit card debt. And so because I dropped out of school, I had all this debt, about thirty-five dollars to $40,000. And my father and I, my stepfather and I, had, a, had gotten into a real, real bad argument. And uh, so thinking I was a grown man, you guys, I, I bounced. You know, I, I left. And I called all my friends like, hey, yo, can I crash at your house? No. All the money I spent on the lady, so can I just come by there and take a shower? No, I got a new man. Like, what in the world? Everyone that I tried to impress, Cody and Justin, no one came to my back. So at the age of 19, I'm homeless, sleeping in the back of my car in a Walmart parking lot. And I, I'm I'm contemplating suicide. At that time, I'm I'm questioning if there even is a God. I'm making some some harsh decisions during that time. And I quickly realized during that season that the caliber of my future was being determined by the choices that I made at that time. And that if I want to change my future, then I have to change my choices. When I change my choices, I change and impact my future. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I went back to my father's house. I said, hey, I made some wrong choices and I'm ready to man up. Can you teach me how to become a, a young man so I can develop myself into a grown, solid man? And he did just that. I uh, ended up taking uh, Financial Peace University, which is my mentor's uh, curriculum, Dave Ramsey. I uh, took that course, went out there and got three jobs, paid off all my debt. And today at 36 years old, man, I've been able to build a good amount of wealth for my age, paid off all my debt, living in a home that I love, driving my dream car. But most importantly, I get to travel around the world and do podcasts with great people like yourself and teach millennials and really have, have an honest conversation that is real, relevant, and relatable around finances, choices, relationships, and just really establishing what is the true definition of success. So that's a little bit of my background and my story. And just to round out that story, I know from listening to part of it that, you know, you had access to the the GI Bill and some other things that maybe even had you a leg up on some of your peers. And you're, and you're obviously out there trying to teach young people how to handle their money the right way, especially when it comes to like going to college and not ending up in a bunch of debt. When you're talking to these young people, I mean, you've been through that where you actually may have not even just been equal with some other people and made some bad decisions, but maybe you had a leg up when you're talking about having access to things like the GI Bill to put yourself in a situation where you lost that, like, I guess, how do you advise people to mentally let go of that baggage? Because I'm sure you had to beat yourself up a lot. I'm sure that had to really hurt your self-esteem to know that you kind of self-inflicted some of those wounds. Man, you know, everyone, I think, have self-inflicted wounds. You know what I'm saying? We all bring storms into our lives, whether we want to admit it or not. I think for me, I, I learned from my failures. I learned from my mistakes. And this is what I tell everyone all the time. Don't be afraid of failing. And when you fail at something, learn from it. When you learn from it, improve. When you improve, you grow. But you can't grow if you're not improving. You're not improving if you're not learning. And you're not learning if you're not failing at something. So what I'm saying is don't go out there and purposely fail. But when you identify that you made the wrong decision, when you can identify that you failed at this, okay, cool. Don't take it emotionally and personally. All right, bet. I messed up. I screwed up. What did I learn from that mistake? 
What did I learn from that decision? Okay, cool. Now, the next time I'm faced with that decision, I can make a better, improved decision. And that shows that you have grown from the past. And so that's one thing that I'm living on today. A lot of people call me a financial expert. Nah, I'm, I'm just a student. I've learned so much <laughs> that I just refuse to go backwards. And while I'm learning, I'm teaching and having conversations with people about the things that I've learned from my past failures, but I'm learning from my past success and what I'm learning right now currently. And so I'm just trying to help as many people as I can, but never be afraid of failing. You know, I play golf, Justin, and man, I, I think I'm pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, but one day there was this old man out there. He was about like 60 years old. And I was like, oh, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to whoop his behind. And uh, there's this hole to where it's a hard par five. And I always bogey this hole. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get him right here because he's going to do like a double bogey or a triple. Guy swings a small club, right? And then he comes up next and we got to go over some water. He said, son, I wouldn't do that. I said, I got this, sir. And uh, he said, son, I've been playing golf for maybe 25 years longer than you. Trust me, I failed so many times. What you're attempting to do, don't do it. He hit his shot, laid up, got a birdie. Got there in four. I played my shot, and I'm the one who triple bogey. And what I learned from that lesson was, listen to other people who have also failed as well. Learn from their mistakes because they can help you avoid your failure. I love this theme because I'm such a person who learns from failures. Like I think of failures as building blocks. And like you're saying, Anthony, not it's nothing of something that knocks you down. It's something that you can kind of take a lesson from. But I kind of want to tie this back to just your mindset back when you're, I don't know, 19, 20, whenever that catalyst was. Because yeah. when Justin and I interview people who have that rock bottom, sleeping in the back of the car, contemplating suicide, Usually there's some catalyst. I know you mentioned you had kind of reconciled with your dad, but was there like a resource, whether it was a book or a podcast or role model? Was there someone that kind of just, you know, sparked that fire underneath you and made you really want to start changing? Nah, I'm going to be real with you. You know what I'm saying? I think that have I read books and listened to podcasts now that's inspiring me to keep moving forward? Absolutely. But what was the catalyst that changed my mind? I'll tell you. Man, I was at the beach with my friends. And we went to the beach in Oceanside, California, and all of my friends pulled up in their high-end cars. And back then, y'all probably too young to remember this, but back then in like the late 90s, early 2000s, the most popular rim out was the spinners. The wheels that when you stop and it kept spinning and people was like, oh, that's dope. And so all of us would have spinners on our cars. All these young men would buy these big old Range Rovers and Lincoln Navigators when they were popular back then. And, you know, these real nice cars. And I realized on that day, okay, he's pulling in with this 40000 on the car, but lives with five other guys in his house. Wow, he's pulling in with this Mercedes, but he lives in his mom's basement. Wow, he's pulling in here and he lives with his girlfriend and her son. Wow, he, like, I started noticing that all of us look like success, but we're not successful. And I said, I don't want to look like success. I want to be success. And that was a catalyst for me to change the way I think and look at things. Young people today would rather look like success. They would rather fake it until they make it. And my philosophy that was the changing point back then was, no, I want to make it until I make it to the next level. 
And whatever level I'm on, I'm making it on that level. I'm not trying to look above. I'm not trying to be better. No, I'm just trying to play the play the cards that I'm dealt with. And if I'm a good steward here at making $45,000 a year, then I believe I, when I get to $80,000, i will be a good steward there and I'll be able to manage that well. And when I get to six figures, I'm going to be a good steward there and manage that well and I get to seven figures. A lot of young people want to look like success, making $45,000, but you're living paycheck to paycheck, but you want to have a million. Well, if you can't handle $45,000, please believe you can't handle a million. And so for me, that was the catalyst for me, is seeing my friends go after all this, but we had nothing, no money in our bank account, asking each other, can we borrow money to go to McDonald's? And I'm like, nah, bro, nah. And so when that switched... Yes, I started getting books. I read The Millionaire Next Door. I picked up Dave Ramsey podcast. I started reading a lot of books around uh, mental health, around financial stewardship, and even around like my spiritual walk because I'm, I'm a Christian. That's a faith that I practice. And so those are the three things that I would say that was resources that help. But there was a pivotal moment in my life to help me switch my thinking. And as you're listening off those resources, you're, you know, you're talking about both the mental health side as well as like your financial health and wealth side. And when you're talking with younger people, I'm curious, especially because I'm thinking through this lens of like navigating college and coming out of that debt free. Like, do you have advice you give people when they're trying to balance maybe picking something they feel like is their true purpose, but then they see these other job titles that they think, you know, will pay two, three times as much and, and just how to balance like setting up this life that you're really excited for, but also something that's financially relevant. We'll be right back after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's sponsor is one I use on a daily basis in my company, Gold City Ventures. That is the sound of a sale in your Shopify store. But did you know that Shopify now also powers in-person selling? Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store or small business. Accept payments, manage inventory, they have everything. Shopify brings together your in-person and online sales business into one source of truth, one dashboard, everything in one place. You know exactly what's going on. And now they have all these customization options. They have plug and play tools that you can integrate with Instagram or TikTok or wherever. You can take your payments by phone or by tablet. Shopify makes it easy. Plus, if you have any questions, their support team is there to help you. I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in this audience and Shopify POS just breaks down that barrier to accepting payments with your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash show, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash show to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash show. Now back to the show. Yeah, man, I think there has to be a middle ground between purpose and what you're good at. Okay, because there could be a lot of things that you like, but are, do you have talent in that area? Do you have the skills? I firmly believe that your gifts and talents will make room for you whenever you walk in through the door. So you got to really identify your gifts and your talents. What are you good at? And then those two things, you need to find a career that matches your gifts and your talents. But let's say for an example, you see, I don't know, being a police officer is now all of a sudden paying $100,000 a year. Well, if you don't like dealing with people, if you don't want to protect nobody, you know, you don't need to be doing that because it's not going to be, you're going to hate it. You know, the money is good, but you want to be in a place. I would rather you, I would rather see you get and land 75% of your goal as far as an income, but you're 100% happy doing it every single day. You know, I'm doing what I love to do. I wake up and this is not a job. This is what I love to do. 
I come into this office, I'm excited. I am if I don't have any meetings, I stay home and I'm writing, I'm reading, I'm researching. You know why? Because I love what I do. So that's what I would recommend. But you know, here's a great resources for people uh, to get when it comes to this. If you're struggling, like, hey, how do I find that sweet spot? But one of my good friends, Dr. Ken Coleman, I call him Dr. Ken Coleman, but his name is actually Ken Coleman. Uh, he has a book out called The Proximity Principle. And this Proximity Principle book teaches you how to find your sweet spot and land your dream job within your sweet spot. And that book would transform your life. And just to keep it tactical, because we have so many listeners who are on that path to financial independence, they want to find that dream job. Like they might hate their job, but like Justin said, you know, they, they're making six figures. So they can just shovel money away into their investment accounts, their savings accounts. I'd like to kind of hear your story, Anthony. Like, you know, you come back to your dad's house, you're 19. How does Ramsey Solutions happen? Because you kind of like blew through that. Now you're 36 and you were saying you've accumulated wealth and have all these things that you wanted. But, you know, what was kind of that middle part of that story? Because I'm sure listeners could take a lot of, you know, actionable tips from it. Yeah, but you know, I think the middle part for me, I started just really doing what I love to do, and which is talking, as you could tell. (laughs) So, you know, I started going around to high schools and colleges and started teaching young people in middle school, high school and college, and even youth groups with inside of like the YMCA's or your local church. Like, hey, um, here's how you have financial literacy. You know, uh, here's how you avoid debt. I started operating from my story, from my passion, from my sweet spot. And that landed me a couple of jobs, landed me a, at, at a couple of high schools and colleges on some big platforms. And so Dave and his team heard about this young man named Anthony O'Neill out here traveling the world and going into high schools, teaching this, going into colleges, teaching this. And uh, he reached out and said, hey, man, I love what you're doing. I want to learn more about your story. Once you fly up here to Nashville, sit down with you know, uh, our team and just Share with, share with us your story. And it was great because at the time I was pastoring at a local church and as a youth pastor, and I came up here, shared my story. It's a funny thing. It's a little secret. Ramsey Solution is not the easiest place to get, you know, hired on and, and even to become as a um, personality, you know, we, we sign agreements and contracts because we're, we're signing on as a speaker. And so it's a little different from um, other positions that we have here. So it's it's like, Wow. It took a year and three months for me to land this situation as partnership uh, with Ramsey Solutions. Uh, such an amazing journey. But the key thing there was I was operating in my calling. Uh, I was operating what I love to do. And I was focused on it. Like I wasn't trying to be this big name guy. I was like, yo, let me help a lot of people. And as I was helping a lot of people and just taking it one day at a time and helping a lot of people, my name started getting bigger. And Dave and some other people, big names that I won't name on the podcast, they started hearing about me. And it was like, yo, hey, 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 hey. And uh, so I eventually landed with uh, signing on with Dave and, and this amazing speaker group. That's an awesome story and progression. The next thing I was going to ask may seem a little bit random, but uh, I think got a got a unique opportunity with having you here, Anthony, and you talk about, you've mentioned your faith a couple of times, so I know it's something you're comfortable talking about. And I, I know we have listeners and I have friends who struggle in the financial space when they're trying to focus on wealth accumulation. They're in that part of their life, but they're also, you know, they have this giving heart and and things like their faith is very close and dear to them. Do you have any kind of things that you would share with them to, to help them as they navigate that, trying to understand, you know, what things to put back for themselves to build their own future versus ways that they can help others? Yeah, you know, as a Christian, I want to be respectful to all, any of your listeners who are not Christian. But as a Christian, um, I believe there's four components to being successful when it comes to like a budget, to say, for an example, when it comes to this. Number one is, is your income. 
Number two is your giving. And giving to me is always coming right after my income. So any streams of income that I have, before I do anything else, I give. So I give 10% to my local church and I also give a little bit more uh, to help pay for our youth pastor. So I'm very big on not being selfish, but making sure that I'm giving back to the local church, giving back to the local community. And then after that, I pay myself. You know, I put money into my savings. I put money into some of my investment goals. I put money into things that I love. Then I pay and pay my bills and my expenses. So I think giving is a huge part of building wealth for the future because I believe it is better to give than it is to receive. And if you can give into good ground, if you can give to people who really need it, I believe that will, will return to us in tenfold. And so I'm a huge giver. I'm very, very big on looking in places that I can give. Like even let's take church out of it. Every Christmas, man, I set aside about $5,000 that I can go rent a hotel room for the whole Christmas week. And so I do it from the 22nd and then seven days after the 22nd. And I do that. I buy two rooms. I find two homeless families and I put them in a hotel room. So when I'm waking up on Christmas Day, celebrating by my faith and how we celebrate Christmas, and I know at least I have someone uh, that I help put up in a room and they're warm. They have a hot meal. They have a hot room. They're not in the cold. And to me, that is the greatest Christmas gift that I have ever received. It's the fact that I could be a giver, that I can help. And one of my ultimate gifts is one day I hope that I can rent two apartments out for the whole year. And every year I switch a family out and I put them in that apartment to help them get back on their feet. Because, hey, the truth of the matter is there are some people out there who do just need help. And I, I believe I'm called to help them. So giving to me is very, very crucial. And I believe, I would definitely say when I started giving, I started seeing my wealth go up. Wow. That's awesome. That is crazy, dude. Give me the chills. So I kind of want to pivot. And this is on the same thread of helping people. Mm -hmm. Most of the content you've created has been geared toward young people, toward people in college, people going into college, young entrepreneurs. Could we talk a little bit about like some of the tactical stuff? You don't have to spill all the beans, Anthony, of, of all your books, but you know what? We have a lot of parents in this audience. We do have a lot of people in their some in their teens and some in the young twenties in this audience. You know what are some of those things that people are just getting wrong when it comes to whether it's student loan debt or you know trying to start a business, what, whatever you got. Yeah, the number one thing I would say practically when it comes to our young people is they have to take debt off of the table. When I say debt, they got to take student loans off of the table, credit cards off of the table. I think the number one mistake that I'm noticing with young people in today's day and time is they're signing a piece of paper uh, saying they'll get student loans, but not even really realizing that this is the second largest crisis in America right now that the average student is going to graduate with about thirty-five dollars to $38,000 in student loan debt. And one-fifth of all of our college graduates are going to graduate with a mortgage payment but don't own any real estate. What I mean by that, they're going to graduate with six figures or higher in student loan debt alone just to land a job that makes seventy-five dollars to $100,000 a year. And it's going to take you 25 years to pay it off. That is a huge mistake. We have to start educating our young people that there's nothing wrong. We're not, there's nothing wrong with going to a community college if you have to start there. There's nothing wrong with going to the military and having them pay for your school if you have to go there. There's nothing wrong with going to a trade school if you want to be a hairstylist. Go there. You do. Everyone doesn't need a four-year degree. 
What you have to do is once you take that off of the table, here's the very next thing that a lot of young people are, are not doing. And I'm trying not to get so antsy because I get frustrated with these young people, okay? Is they don't have a vision. They don't step back and say, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Where do I want to go with my life? And, and those are two important questions, okay? Don't go to college because it's popular. No, go to college because, you know, you want to be a school teacher. You want to be a doctor. You want to be a lawyer. You know, go to school with a purpose in mind. And if you don't have a purpose, you better not go to a four-year university. You need to go to a community college, knock out your prereqs, because the average community college is going to cost you anywhere between three, depending on the state that you're in, all the way up to maybe $5,000 a year. And if you're in the state of Tennessee, it's free for the first two years. So if you're saying, hey, Anthony, I don't really know what I want to do. Okay, cool, great. Go to community college. If you're in the state of Tennessee, you go there for 100% free. While you're there for the first two years, you better be doing a lot of research. Start identifying your gifts, your talents, and what careers matches those. So this way, when you get done with your second year, you can transfer to your four-year university and you can start going towards your goals and your vision. So those are the two things that I would really, really highly encourage young people to avoid. Do not make the mistake of taking on debt and do not make the mistake of sitting down and writing a clear vision for your life. Now, you're 18, 19, 20 years old. Will your vision change or improve or adjust a little bit? Absolutely. I'm 36 years old and my vision is, is changing a little bit here and there, but that's cool. You're going to adapt, adjust and overcome any changes that may come. And it seems like in our society, we typically, you know, we're going through this phase where young people, they get into debt and then, you know, we're trying to reach them and tackle those issues after they're already deep into the debt. Do you have any kind of quick hit things for maybe like Cody was saying, if we got some parents out there who are trying to reach those children, reach those young people before they actually get into that debt to kind of change that mentality for us before it's, uh, it's already hit them? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, parents, when it comes to young people, if you're listening to this podcast, more is caught than taught. Let me say that again. Rachel Cruz says this. She says, more is caught than taught. The young people will not make huge, drastic changes because you told them to do something. They make changes when they see something that actually works. And so if you have a young person in your house right now and you're going to tell them to budget, but you don't budget, it's not going to happen. If you are budgeting, invite them to the table when you're budgeting and show them what's happening. You know, when you pay a bill, have them pay the bill for you. Let them see the mortgage payment. Let them see how much debt you're in as a parent and let them see how much money you're paying towards debt when you could be paying that towards investment. Let them see you put money into a Roth IRA or, or into your 401k. Let them be a part of the process because more is caught when they can see it, when they can touch it, when they can feel it, when they can experience it, that's when they'll have a true change. But if you just tell them, you better not do this, you don't do that, nothing's going to happen. As a matter of fact, when you tell them they better not do something, more than likely they're going to go do that because you told them not to do that without exposing their eyes and their ears to why they shouldn't do that. And so that's one thing I would say to parents. It's just, hey, show them more than you tell them. Awesome. Practical advice. Love it, Anthony. And while we're wrapping up here, I mean, man, you've been on some of the biggest stages. You've helped thousands of people 
navigate, whether it's student loan debt or, you know, starting their entrepreneurship journey. And you just are such a prolific speaker and creator. You have multiple books out there. You know, where are some of the best places where our listeners can learn more about you, get in touch and see what you're all about? Uh, man, you can go to anthonyneal.com. I want you to click on the show page when you go there. And I want you to download uh, my latest and greatest podcast. I'm trying to get like y'all and y'all's level. It's called The Table with Anthony O'Neill. I'm having a real relevant and relatable conversation around how to build true wealth, how to pay off the debt, how to avoid debt, specifically to that young person between 18 and 36 years old. So we have some amazing guests on there, like your Matthew McConaughey's. I have an amazing Black History panel right now. I have some dope, 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 dope guests, high-end guests coming up next week. But what I really love is that I'm having an honest conversation with real and relatable and regular people. For the most part, I'm bringing in normal people who are 20 years old who are who have paid cash for college. I'm bringing in normal people who are 30 years old. And you know what? They're seven figures in net worth right now uh, because they're following the principles that I teach and they're living below their means. So go to anthonyoneal.com. You'll find all my social media outlets out there. But most importantly, connect with me after you get done with this podcast because I don't want to take y'all away from my brothers here. When you get done listening to them, Come holler at your boy at the table with Anthony O'Neill on anywhere you can download podcasts. Awesome. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, just a ton of knowledge. Love your passion. You can just hear it coming through your voice. A really cool story. So I'm hoping that listeners get to get out there and consume some of those resources and learn your full backstory with all the time it deserves. Hey, man. Thank you all so much, man. I appreciate what y'all are doing. And I want all the listeners to hear me when I say this. I just met these two guys, but y'all need to be sharing this podcast with two or three of your friends right now because this podcast will bless you. So I thank you so much for the opportunity to come in and share with your listeners, man. And I'll be rooting you all on from my podcast as well. And as always, if you want to check out our Facebook group page, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash community. And we always appreciate those five-star reviews. They help us get great guests like we had today. And if you're interested in supporting The Fi Show, you can do so by checking out some of our partners over at the resources page, which can be found at thefyshow.com slash resources. And thanks for listening. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to remind you that I have made my personal like budget and net worth tracking spreadsheet available, the very same one that I use to track my net worth from $38,000 to over $1.2 million, available for free on our website at thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet. So you can go download that today. That's thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet.